Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. It happened again just this very morning, the morning that we record this. I was talking to a friend of mine, and he said, look, Joe, help me here. I can't get my wife to talk to me. I mean, we have business conversations about who pays the bills and those kinds of things. But when it comes down to really communicating and talking, she just won't do it any longer. Well, we hear that from men and women from all over the world. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, as well as looking at some of the uh, questions that we've gotten specifically about that right here on Relationship Radio. This is Relationship Radio, an extension of Marriage Helper International, hosted by renowned marriage and relationship expert, Dr. Joe Beam, and CEO of Marriage Helper, Kimberly Beam Holmes. We answer your questions directly with research-based principles that you can implement immediately. Regardless of the situation, what we teach will not only make your relationships better, but will also help you to become the best version of yourself along the way. Turn up the volume and prepare to take notes as we begin this week's episode of Relationship Radio. Welcome to this episode of Relationship Radio. I am Kimberly Holmes. I'm the CEO at Marriage Helper, and I am joined today by... Our main host, Dr. Joe Beam, also my father. Welcome, Dr. Joe, Dr. Dad. <laughs> Dr. Dad. Thank you, and as soon as you finish your PhD, I guess I should call you Dr. Daughter. Is that how we're going to do this? <laughs> I think it works. I think it works. Today, we are talking about a really deep question, a question we get with a lot of the clients who contact us. And you were mentioning at the beginning, a friend that called you. I've been texting with a friend over the weekend about this very exact same question, the same issue. How do I get my spouse to talk to me? When we look at what makes healthy relationships, when we look at these, as Dr. Gottman puts it, masters versus disasters, we know that communication is a key part in a healthy relationship, in a healthy marriage. We need to be able to talk to each other, understand each other, support each other in order to have a great relationship. So what stops people? What is one of the things that gets in the way of communication happening? What might shut down a spouse from talking to another spouse. Well, there's two key parts of this that we're going to break down and get into before we get to our questions. But the first of this is that when we do want to open up to someone, I mean, think about it as all of the people listening, just think about the people that you want to talk to. I know for me, when I'm experiencing a problem in my life, an issue going on, something I just want to vent about, I typically turn to the people in my life that I feel like truly listen to me. And that's the first key point. We talk with those we feel truly listen. 
Thankfully, mm-hmm. I, me and Rob, my husband, we're at a great place in our marriage where he is one of those first people that I turn to when things are happening. But I also have other people that's healthy as well, as long as it's a, a healthy relationship, like a parent, a sibling, a best friend that's of the same gender. I mean, all of those things can be helpful. But when it comes to our spouse, when it comes to our marriage, we talk with those we feel truly listen. And the second part is that we don't talk with those that we feel judge us or reject us. Mm -hmm. That makes sense, doesn't it, Joe? Well, it's one of those things that, as simple as that sounds, it really is explaining some deep psychological principles. But let's just keep it simple because the simplicity helps us to understand how to do it. I have run into so many situations across the years. You know, I'm 149 years old, so I've been around for a while. I've run across so many situations over the years where particularly women will tell me, my husband just doesn't talk. He's just not a talkative guy. And yet, you know, the husband may be a guy that I've been on a fishing trip with, and he talked and talked and talked. Now, some people don't talk as much as others. My younger brother, for example, is a pretty quiet man. One of our college professors referred to him as a man of few words. And yet my brother and I have been in conversations where it goes on for an hour talking about something. If it's of interest, if it's something that's important to me, and if I feel like you're truly listening to me without judgment, without censorship, that that you really want to understand what I'm trying to say. I don't have to wind up arguing. I don't have to wind up explaining more and more. In other words, we just want to hear what the other person says. Even the most reticent person will talk. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago on my podcast, It Starts With Attraction, Rob and I actually had a conversation about this. And and it was about intellectual attraction, but here's how it ties into what we're talking about. When we are building our relationship, when you think back to the beginning of when you and your husband or you and your wife were dating, Mm -hmm. you were innately doing these things. You were working on that physical part of your attraction. But then when it came to that intellectual, the question of intellectual attraction is, is this a person I enjoy talking to? Do we have enough in common that we can share similar life interests and all of these things? And one of the things that can begin to break down that can later affect your communication, like what we're talking about here, is when you just stop talking about the things that aren't emotional. When you stop talking about things like, uh, or let me say it this way, It's helpful to be able to have great emotional connection and communication when you are first able to talk about the things that aren't emotional and you feel safe in doing so. So being able to have a shared hobby, like Rob and I were talking about how we loved to go traveling and even just the anticipation of travel was something we could connect on, on good days, on bad days, and it keeps a positive vibe in the relationship. That can be helpful for when bigger issues come up when you have a fight, when you have to figure out how to work something out, when you have to learn how to compromise, when one person's mad at the other, you can at least, even if you don't realize it, there's a part of your subconscious that can go back to, I know I can trust this person in conversation because we have these other great conversations we've had. We've built trust in the conversation through other things. So don't negate the importance of just having shared hobbies, having things outside of your relationship issues that you talk about that can build a foundation for better communication going forward. But then, of course, you do have to also learn how to deal with issues that come up, the fights, the compromise. And this, Joe, was what my friend over the weekend, she said, me and and my husband, we 
we're fine. Like when we, when we're hanging out together, it's like, everything's fine. But when we disagree, he refuses to talk to me about it. He'll only talk to me about it over text message and he'll never come back around and finish the conversation. That breaks trust in the communication as well. Mm-hmm. And in our next episode of Relationship Radio, the one that'll be after this one, we're actually going to talk about that, how to talk about tough things. In my book, The Art of Falling in Love, we talk about the fact that people typically start talking about, as you said, Kimberly, things that I would call facts, like you're talking about things that are innocuous, things that are non-threatening. You, you maybe wanted to grow some tomatoes in the backyard. You talk about how to do that. What kind of plants do we want to buy? Where do we want to put them? Where can they get the best sun? Those kinds of things. But we also all have facts that are deeper. What we mean by that is that that we typically have facts that we're afraid to share with the other person for fear that they will judge us or or critique us in some fashion. But what's even deeper, and this is what you just said, so forget the redundancy, is when you talk about feelings. So we start talking about facts, and if we can develop the trust, just like you said, then eventually it gets down to the emotions. Now, some people are listening right now, though, Kimberly, and I'll guarantee what they're thinking is, but I really do listen, and and I don't judge, and those kinds of things, and my spouse still won't talk to me. And so we would ask you to think this through. It's not really what's happening in your mind where you think, well, I'm fully accepting. I'm not judgmental, etc. But what you really need to do is figure out how your spouse is perceiving you. They're watching your facial expressions. They're watching your eyes, those kinds of things. And even if you think you're being non-judgmental, your body language might be indicating, well, I'm not happy with that, <laughs> which will shut them down even if you don't say a word. And and maybe some of the things you do say where you think we're just having a conversation, you may be saying it in such a way that the other person hears it as a challenge. Like, I don't really believe that you're telling me the truth or you can't be right about that. Or maybe you wind up correcting them rather than really trying to understand them. And so a lot of people who think, no, I'm a great communicator, not judgmental, very open, very willing to hear when you watch them. In communication process, they're doing all kinds of things that are shutting the other person down. So we don't have time to explain all of those little nuances right now, but hopefully you heard the point. People will talk to someone that they feel truly listens, truly tries to understand me, and is not going to judge me, critique me, argue with me, but will try to understand my emotions. Now, Kimberly, right now, I know other people are thinking, but sometimes you need to argue because sometimes they're just wrong. Well, again, in the next episode, the one after this in Relationship Radio, we'll talk about how to talk about the tough things. And so, Kimberly, we have some questions about this. Let's, uh, one of our team members will read a question that a husband sent in to us about getting his wife to talk. So, hey, guys, my name is Roald, uh, and I work on the breakout leader team as well as coaching team here at Marriage Helper. And in my role, I typically help couples by running the breakout groups on our workshops. Also, I coach couples and individuals through their marriage situation. Dr. Beam and Kimberly Holmes have asked me to read a question that was submitted by one of our listeners for today's episode. This person asks, My wife will not talk about our marriage or our lack of emotional intimacy. How do I get her to open up and break down the walls we have both built from years of job stress and family stress? How do I get my wife to want to be involved with me again? I would say that he needs to get his wife a glass of wine and a two hour long massage. That's number one. (laughs) 
Unfortunately, you can't get that through our website, so uh, that'll have to be something else that you're going to find there. But your point is, help her be relaxed, and that's really important. And again, something we'll be talking about more in the next episode. But understand, if you want your spouse to talk to you, don't push. Because if you try to make them talk to you, they're going to resist it even that much more because there's some reason that she doesn't want to talk about your marriage. There is some reason that she doesn't want to talk about your emotional intimacy. Whatever that reason is, you're not going to make it work just by saying, I demand that you talk to me or I'm going to keep nagging until you do. It will have the opposite effect. And sometimes it actually should start off with you. As a matter of fact, maybe almost all the time. Where he starts off with you being open and transparent. But before you do that, it sounds as if your wife may be a little bit closed off to you here. So rather than just starting out with, let me just share my heart with you to a closed off person, it can make a lot of sense that you start this way. I would like to tell you what I'm feeling. I would like to tell you what I'm thinking. Would that be okay? Now, if you ask it, ask it lightly. Don't act like you're setting up the first act of some Shakespearean play, like, I need to talk to you. Are you ready to listen to me? Don't do that. <clears throat> Casual. Uh, there's some things I'm feeling, some things I'm thinking about. I would like to talk about it. Is it okay if we talk about it now? And if you ask permission to do that, when you talk about what you feel, be sure you speak from what we call the I position. You see, most of the times people want to talk about the you. And it's like, well, you're not as close to me as you used to be, and you don't do the things you used to do, and et cetera, et cetera, which if anything's going to make the other person defensive, that will, because Lady Mary likely will hear it as an attack. Oh, it's my fault. I'm, I'm not as close to you as I used to be. It, it's all me. Huh? And so if you speak from the I position, it's like, you know, I want to be closer to you than we are now. Uh, and, and then explain why you want that again in terms of I, not you. And so if you can explain, I want to be closer to you. I want to be able to have a relationship to you where we can talk about anything and feel good about it. Those kinds of things. Just be careful. As you do that, again, it's better to ask permission. Make sure you're not pushing. And as you're doing that, make sure you don't sound it manipulative. Like, you know, I'd be so much happier if we could just talk to each other. <clears throat> the other person's not going to react well to that either. Be calm. Be transparent. Be open. And that can set the precedent where that you can share. Now, she may not respond in kind the first time. Don't get angry. You're like, wait a minute. I just opened up my heart to you. Now it's your turn. That's still pushing whether you think it is or not. And so if you do that <clears throat> and she doesn't respond the way you want her to, let it go. Be happy that she actually heard what you had to say. And if she does respond, what is it, Kimberly, that's going to be so important that if I open up my heart, speak from me, I ask permission so that make sure that she doesn't feel I'm pushing, then how should I respond? How how should I react to her response? Let's say it that way. Appreciatively, for sure. And, you know, there's a variety of ways that she could react. It could be, I don't care. I don't care what you said. I don't care what you think. It could be, why are you saying this to me now? It could be, hey, I appreciate you sharing that with me. Let me think about it. I mean, you don't know. The reason for doing this should not be only to elicit a certain reaction from her, the goal of for you should be going into this, I simply want to let her know I care. 
I care about her. I care about the future of our marriage. And when you have that as the goal and don't have an expectation of how you want her to respond back, it's going to go a whole lot better. So whatever she says back, just try to understand her perspective. If she's closed off, maybe you stop pushing the conversation at that point and simply say thank you to her for that time that you have shared. But if she says, you know, well, here's how I see it. I see that you've been the one that's pushed away. And she might not be using these I statements we're teaching you to do. (laughs) She may become defensive. That doesn't mean that you that you should go off course. Uh, But she may get defensive back. But you've been doing this. And for years, I've been the one at home with the kids and working and, and, and then under try to understand her perspective. Don't get defensive back. Don't this isn't a time to get into a fight. Simply say, I didn't realize that you felt that way. I didn't realize this was weighing on you. Thank you for sharing that with me. Why are you doing this? You're doing it that way because you are reinforcing the behavior, not necessarily how she's doing it, but the behavior of her opening back up to you. And that is going to build that trust for her to be able to come back to you and continue to tell you more things that she feels in the future. Mm-hmm. So it's a process. There's not some magic word like open sesame and all of a sudden everything is going to be what it's supposed to be. It's a process. But it's a process where that if she's closed off to you now, then it means that you are going to have to change the way you're communicating to her because there's some reason she's closed off. And that's why we talk about ask permission. Don't be overly dramatic. Oh, I hurt so deeply inside. Try not to do that kind of thing. Be calm. Make it where it's two adults having a conversation where they're trying to understand each other and make sure that you don't over dramatize it or in any other fashion, make it feel as if you're trying to manipulate her. As a matter of fact, ask yourself the question, would I feel manipulated if I were being talked to this way? Do it calmly as adults. Try to understand the other person. And it's a process. It's not going to fix things like that. But it's a process that if you continue to follow, you can actually start having these communications again. Now, Kimberly, what do we have for them? Uh, Is there anything that we have that can help them do this? Yes. The Smart Contact Toolkit is one of our resources. And in it, we go deeper. Actually, we, me and Joe, go deeper into this, this concept of smart contact. It's one of the things that we have come up with. SMART is an acronym. And it's really a framework that can help guide you through having better communication with your spouse. So it teaches you how to stop the push behaviors, how to manage your expectations, how to uh, allow time for your spouse to respond. We go through the whole thing in it and go in depth for each each part. Here's what you do. Here's how you can say things. Here's the best tips, even some conversation starters for certain things. And it's a great resource. It is our... As I recall, we, uh, that's a series of videos, right? It is a series of videos. I don't remember how many are in it, but yes, it's a series of videos. Yeah, Kimberly, I remember when we did that. There's actually 11 videos in that series where we go through each one of the things, as you said, S-M-A-R-T. Each letter stands for something, an acronym you came up with some time back, and we explained it in detail. Now, how can they find this? Go to marriagehelper.com slash courses. And if there's anyone who is able to look at the show notes, then we'll have the link there as well. But again, the link is marriagehelper.com slash courses. And for being a podcast listener, you can get 10% off. Just enter the code podcast when you check out and you'll be able to get 10% off. It is the Smart Contact Toolkit. 
is our most popular of the toolkits that we have. There have been thousands and thousands of people who have gone through it and amazing reviews, amazing results from it. Yeah, we do get really good reviews to that. You do. Well, we have another question, this time from a wife. Let's, uh, another one of our team members will read that and let's answer that question if we can. Hi guys, my name is Shauna. I'm a breakout leader for Marriage Helper during their online workshops. And Dr. Beam and Kimberly Holmes asked me to read a question that was submitted by one of our listeners in, for today's episode. One of our listeners asked the following, my husband doesn't want to talk about sex, how he feels or thinks, or anything like that. He wants our marriage to flow, yet he has this energy of loving me, but also makes me feel like I'm replaceable. What do you do when your husband doesn't want to talk about anything? Some of the difficulty when we are answering questions that were sent in in text form, and we appreciate our team member reading it for us, but we sometimes wish we could have the opportunity to ask the person a few questions. So let me tell you how I'm interpreting what she asked, and we're going to work from that framework. That, that he has the energy of loving me, which means that he's doing all kinds of wonderful things. Maybe he opens the door. Maybe he brings you flowers. Maybe he gives you compliments, those kinds of things. So he has the energy for loving me, but I feel replaceable. I think that somehow ties back to the first part of the conversation where it's we don't really talk about anything. So here's a man that does a lot of things, but because we have no emotional connection to each other, then I feel like I'm replaceable. It could be just another woman plugged right in here and he would keep doing those things because where's the emotional bond? Now, if he's avoiding talking to you about those things that involve emotions, a question that we would ask him would be, what's he avoiding? Now, obviously, you can't answer that question for us, but what is he avoiding? Meaning there's there's some reason that he doesn't talk about those things. Now, either that reason, I'm going to give you the two more likely scenarios as to where it's coming from. The first is that it's coming from his life before you. That he somewhere along the line with his parents, his family, early relationships, he learned not to be open and transparent. He learned not to have the bondedness by talking about these kinds of things. So he may have learned it before you ever got together. Or if that's not the case, then he learned it from you. Meaning in all likelihood, he learned it from you. Meaning that the relationship that you have with each other he doesn't want to be open and transparent with you because either he's afraid that if he is open and transparent with you, you'll abandon him. Or he's afraid that if he's open and transparent with you, that you will somehow judge him. Now, interestingly, that still could also combine back to uh, what happened when he was a kid. It could still tie back to the previous to you. But there's some reason he's avoiding these conversations. Now, we're not being able to do psychoanalysis here of him and not even trying to do that, but just get you to understand that if it's not happening, there's some reason it's not happening. You don't have to figure out exactly what it is, but it also can help you know, okay, I need to look at my behavior to see if there's anything that I need to change because I can't change his past. If it's coming out of there, I can't do that, but I can help influence the change to his future. Therefore, I need to be very careful that he doesn't think that I'll think badly of him if he tells me what he really thinks or feels. And I need to let him know that even if he says something I don't like, I'm not going to be crushed by it. I mean, I'm human. I may be hurt, but I'm not going to be crushed by it. That I don't expect him to be perfect, just as I know that I'm not perfect. Mm 
Now, I know that sounds philosophically easy to do, <laughs> but it's kind of tough. Is that right, Kimberly? You agree it's tough? Yes, it is. It is tough. It is hard, especially because we're we're humans and we want what we want when we want it. And that includes emotional response back to us. But when when this happens, when you're asking questions, maybe trying to just understand the lack of interaction from your spouse, why they're closed off, what's going on there, listen for the emotions. That is going to give you more of a cue into what might be the real issue than just the words. So listen for the emotions, not just the words. And that can include the lack of words around an emotion. So I'm remembering back to when Rob was going through a difficult time in the army. And I knew what the issue was, even though he didn't say it, because when I would ask him about how things are going on at work, he would say, I don't want to talk about it. It was a lack of words. And it was even to some might say, well, like he doesn't want to talk about it. It's a lack of emotion. But that was where he walled off. That was where you could see it was the, I'm putting this up. I'm not going any further. And that might be what to look for. And so what do you do when that happens? You don't try and bulldoze down whatever they're trying to protect themselves from at that moment, but you just just notate it. There's something going on there. You can even, even depending on the situation, say, well, if there's anything you do want to talk about, anything I can do for you, I'm here. I'm here to listen or just to sit beside you. I'm, I'm just here for you. So listen for those. Yeah. And not just when your spouse is talking to you mm. Listen for the emotions when he's, he's talking to somebody else. So, for example, if the way he talks with his mom, if you're paying attention to that and like, I don't I don't feel or hear any warmth in that. Mm. It's like they have a business connection rather than a father. I mean, a mother son connection or with his dad mm-hmm. or even when he's talking about his hobbies or anything else. It's amazing how much you can learn about a person if you just look at when they get very quiet, when they wall people off, wall things off, the things they become more transparent about. And so listening to the, for the emotions is not just when he talks to you, it's to watch him to understand him in life. And that'll give you some more understanding from that. And then whenever you want to be open with him, much like we said to the previous question, often it's a good idea to ask permission. Hey, can I tell you what I feel? But if you practice transparency in telling him what you think, what you feel, what you do, not expecting him to reciprocate immediately, but hoping somewhere down the line he will. But if you practice that transparency, then it's more likely he will become transparent with you because it's like, hmm, you're trusting me with information with time that can build up the trust while he'll trust you with information. Well, Joe, we have covered a good deal of information in this episode about how we can use these resources, these tools to help get our spouse to talk to us. And it's not from a way of trying to pry their mouth open or bulldoze things out of them, but it really goes back to us. It goes back to how am I responding? How am I being a safe place for them? What can I do to facilitate more of this conversation? So our key takeaways that we have for this episode is number one, to encourage your spouse to talk to you, you must listen without judgment. And even going back to the very first two things we talked about at the beginning of the episode, ask yourself how you're doing. Am I truly listening to my husband? Am I truly listening to my wife? Not just in my being silent, but my body language, turning towards them, all of those things. Am I listening? And then remember that 
we should not react with judgment, with disrespect, with trying to fix our spouse with what they're telling us, but just listen to truly listen. The second key takeaway is to always try and hear and understand the message behind what is being said. Try to look at the emotions, look at where they're closing off, look at more than just the words they're saying to identify the source of what could really be going on. And then finally, speak from the I position and not the I think you're such a jerk position, but <laughs> the I I really love you. I, I want our, our marriage to be great. I want our communication to be great. Here's what I'm seeing. What can I do to help make this better? That's the position to go from to getting more and better communication with your spouse. So we recommend again, you look into our, the 11 videos of the, uh, Smart Contact course, if you think that'll be of help to you. And also, when you go to our website, marriagehelper.com, you might want to find out more about our actual workshop, the three-day intensive we do for couples, because it can really open up a lot of communication. It's kind of interesting, isn't it, Kimberly, that sometimes, and it seems to happen more often on Saturday night, that we've gone through two whole days, all day Friday, all day Saturday, and Saturday night, the couple comes back on Sunday telling us it's the best conversation we have had in many years. No yelling, no screaming, no fighting. We just tried to understand each other last night and we haven't understood each other this well since, well, it seems like forever. And so sometimes coming to the workshop can help you do that. Now you can learn how to do it without the smart contact toolkit. You can learn how to do it without the workshop. No misunderstand. You don't have to have us, but the tools we have are excellent and they can be very beneficial to you. So you can find out more about our workshop. We have our couples workshop in person, and we have an online option that is still live with real people over three days, a powerful experience. You can find out more by going to marriagehelper.com and click that workshops tab at the very top of the page. We would love to see you in one of our workshops. And for our next episode of Relationship Radio, we've mentioned it a couple of times. We're going to be talking about how do you talk about the tough things? Well, we have a couple of more things to share with you before this program is over. And then Kimberly and I will see you in the next episode of Relationship Radio. This weekend at the Marriage Helper Workshop has been absolutely amazing. There are no words to describe what I've learned from this. The tools that we have to move forward are invaluable. Thanks to you guys, you're saving a 27-year relationship. Divorce was filed and we've been separated for two years and I thought there was no coming back. But Marriage Helper gave me hope and now I can see the path that we need to take to move forward to have a healthy, fulfilling marriage. So Marriage Helper, thank you so much. I want to say thank you to the, to Joe and his staff as well. You know, she's kind of, we were separated for two years and for the two years she worked on me to come. I didn't want to come. I let my ego get in the way and I don't, I don't need a doctor. I, I don't need this. I don't need that. I'm set in my ways, but thanks to marriage helper, I look forward to the long, a long, good, joyful life with my wife. Thank you, marriage helper. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of relationship radio. Please refer to the notes in the description to learn more about any resources mentioned in this episode. Please visit our website at marriagehelper.com for more information about our online courses, marriage workshops, and coaching. We exist to help save marriages and strengthen families. 
We look forward to interacting with you on the next episode of Relationship Radio. 